Hey everyone, Bill Giannone back again with another Crestcast. And today I want to bring up the topic of checklists. Yeah, those annoying things that when we were kids, we hated to see. Obviously, as workers, we never liked having them. But if you're an owner or a manager, I want to tell you that they are some of the most valuable tools you can have in your tool chest. Checklists are really, really great for several reasons. The number one thing that they do is they create accountability. Checklists, there is no way around them. An employee has to follow from step one to step 20 if you're giving them a 20-step checklist. There's no way around them. They are the greatest way for you to create accountability and also for you to codify a process. You can talk and you can teach and you can train till you're blue in the face. Without a checklist, a visual representation of what we're training and talking about, it's very, very simple for someone to just one time forget something or develop a poor, bad habit. Guess what happens then? That poor or bad habit gets entrenched into multiple bad habits. So we need to understand that checklists are a very strong way of your everyday accountability for your process. Now, when I talk about checklists, I'm not talking about a bunch of boxes that allow the individual to tell you what they did that day. I'm talking about something that you prepare with a fully written out line with detailed description of what that responsibility is. And that, and there should just be a box next to it that your employee has to check when that task is accomplished. What type of checklist am I talking about? Well, which employee are we talking about? Let's start in the field. Those are the most obvious places. Um, there are many companies that have checklists for the warehouse, the condition they'd like to see the warehouse in. So basically, there's checklists that you can use on a weekly basis that start on a Monday and then by a Friday afternoon, that checklist must be completed that defines all the tasks that your employees have to do within the warehouse. Things like keeping the racks orderly, reloading the area where you might have your consumables, if things are starting to get low, going to your supply of maybe filters or gloves or things like that and restocking the shelves, cleaning the equipment, sweeping the floors in the warehouse, things like that. If you've got a little kitchen area or a little break area, making sure that that break area is clean, but not just say break area cleaned. Like literally list, wipe tables, wipe counters, clean out microwave, clean out refrigerator. Those are the kinds of things you need to detail in there. Obviously, when we're talking about our equipment, we need to make sure that we're constantly, constantly checking and training and checklisting the details we want about the equipment cleaning the equipment, changing the filters, doing routine maintenance, even rotating the stock. And what I mean by that is if you've got the same equipment on trucks 
coming off the truck, getting clean, they're going right back on the truck. That's probably not the best idea. You want to make sure that you're allowing your dehumidifiers to age all basically in the same amount of time. So if you've got more dehumidifiers than you need to use, and you always have a few sitting around in the warehouse, make sure that when something comes off a truck, the ones that are sitting in the warehouse are the first ones to go on. That doesn't mean that we're not going to clean that equipment. But we want to make sure that we rotate the stock, so to speak. So we clean the equipment, but then we put it back on the shelves or back underneath the shelving in the case of a DU that's on wheels. And we roll that for the next time it would go onto a truck. But those things are very important. All of those are processes within your company and they should be step-by-step and they should be itemized onto a checklist. Obviously, the condition of your truck your truck should be checked at least every week. The way that most of the Crest members that I work with do it is they have one of their supervisors or managers handle the checklist. And it's more of like, um, if you'll see, like if you look at something like in basic training, when they do a, an army barracks check, usually they'll do it um, unannounced. They'll come here early in the morning before the trucks go out and they'll do a spot check of the entire truck. And that checklist has to be 100% checks in order for that crew to pass. One missing check means the crew did not succeed because normally the operation of a truck should be that your truck is what we call fire engine ready, right? What's fire engine ready mean? Well, it means in a fire station, that truck has to be 100% of the time ready for when the bell rings to go out. They don't have the time to load things onto that truck. They just basically put their outfit on, jump on the truck and go. Well, we think the same status and the same standard should be applied to mitigation vehicles. If we get a call and we have to respond within 60 to 90 minutes, we need to make sure those trucks are ready. So we're going to want to get out as soon as we can. That's what we consider a standard with all check marks means the truck's ready to go out right now. So that's one of the things we do, but our supervisor or manager goes through. If they find anything missing, they don't pass. And then it becomes a teaching moment. So we'll take those checklists and before everybody leaves, we'll show everybody the checklists and we'll say, okay, here's where you're at. Here's why you didn't pass today. Now, what happens if they do pass and they get all the way? Well, sometimes we play little games We actually will incentivize our crews to want to pass by maybe walking around. And the way we do it is we assign the vehicles are assigned to a two-man crew. If that vehicle has a 100% perfect score on the checklist, each guy will get a $50 gift card, either like an Amex gift card or maybe like a food gift card where they can go get themselves lunch for the whole week for free, basically. And we'll give them those $50 gift cards. You know, don't worry about putting it on the 1099 or or putting it on their W-2. Just, you know, give it to them as a little incentive. It's helping you out because you're going to have a really, really great and wonderful condition of your vehicles. Your equipment's going to stay really, really good for longer periods of time. You're not going to have that. And it creates a healthy competition. They're going to actually be trying to beat each other out for who's got the nicest truck. But you could use checklists to do that. Out in the field, obviously, it's a lot more difficult to do checklists. But what you want to do is you want to have a checklist. Normally, what we do is we do a consumables and an equipment checklist where we'll have a checklist on the vehicle. And 
it's sitting near the back door of the vehicle. And the way we do it is anything that leaves the vehicle, it has to be checked off that it gets removed. Now that checklist is a check for the crew chief or the helper to make sure that whatever came off the vehicle goes back on. So if it's moisture meters, if it's extraction devices with wands, even if it's consumables, it's a way for us to track consumables. So whatever comes off gets checked. If it comes back on the truck, there's a separate box that says back on the truck. And we check that again. That's a great accountability matrix. So our guys know what's happening. Then you'll have a situation where obviously like in the case of garbage bags or you know, things like that, or chemicals, if they don't come back on the truck, we know what got used on the job. Really, really great way to track your, your ins and outs. And it's a way to, you know, track your costs and be very um, assertive in managing your projects. But that's a really another great way to use checklists. Finally, obviously, when we're doing project management, we have lots of different paperwork that we need to accrues to have to be responsible for. So for our crews to be responsible for different kinds of paperwork, who's checking up on them? Well, in the case of one of our Crest members, they use what we call client care coordinators, but they're really file managers. They make sure all the paperwork from the field comes into that file. Guess what they use to make sure that every single time all the paperwork is brought in? Yeah, they use a checklist. So it's very important in every aspect of production that we have checklists. Should you be using checklists in marketing? Sure, you could use checklists in marketing. Should you use them in sales? Absolutely. Your salesmen have a certain number of steps that they have to go by. Why not use a checklist? If they have a checklist for how they're supposed to appear before they show up at the front door, look at the mirror. Is your shirt nice and clean? Is your hair combed? Check your breath all those things, you could put that on a checklist and force them to physically look at it and check it off. That's a great way for them to be held accountable. That's why I like checklists because it creates that level of accountability and it's almost like a self-service accountant. It's a self-service third party, self-service quality control. The more you get people to use it as a habit, the better you'll be. Now, what happens if you find out that guys are just kind of just checking it off without doing the work. Well, obviously we still need to audit the checklists. We can't assume the checklists are right. So every once in a while, yourself or a manager should be double checking. If you have your crews filling out checklists, you should be double checking to make sure that those trucks look the way that they're supposed to look, not on those spot checks, but like even when they come in at five o'clock or you should be going into the kitchen and making sure that everything is checked off on the che on the kitchen lists, you know, things like that. Those are very important aspects. You don't have to do it all the time, but you do spot checks on everybody and you make sure they know you're doing spot checks so that they are going to be less likely to want to play games and to want to take a chance with you. They're going to be less likely to fill something out. And what's the ramifications if they do? Obviously, if they're creating paperwork that's fictitious, that should be a major violation in your company. One of the things I would suggest is you write them up. They get a written warning. And if that persists again, now you can proceed towards any sorts of punishments or um, you know, even all the way up to dismissal. Yes, we've had a guy who was a blatant liar and we caught him and he was trying to cover up his laziness by just using checklists and they weren't accurate. And we ended up firing them.
We don't have to worry about that, though, because if you teach and train properly and you incentivize people using the checklist as ways that you're going to judge their quality and their ability to get raises and promotions, they're going to want to use checklists. That's going to be a big thing for them. So get it out of your head that it's a bad thing. It's a great tool for you guys to take your process and your theory and your training and make it work every day out in the field. I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any questions about how to implement checklists, if you have any disagreements on how easy it is, please, you know, reach out to me, bill at thecrestnetwork.com. I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. On behalf of Dick and everybody else here at the Crest Network, I want to thank you for joining us on this Crestcast. I look forward to talking to you real soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.